Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good morning to the last day in September. Um, the last day of the September crash, as it is uh, being known as right now. Uh, Nike came out with earnings yesterday, and uh, it's crazy. Uh, Nike is down a tremendous amount. Let's look live streaming. Uh, on YouTube, what I'm doing today is a live on my phone, and then I will, um, uh, I'll kind of just grab it and show you. Nike's trading at $83. Um, Nike is down uh, from. Oh, why can't I move this? Uh, Nike is down from uh, $11.71 because it just opened up. Uh, it opened up at 84 So it, it's significantly, significantly down. Um, it's just, I mean, it's there's nothing you can do about this one. Uh, they... The Nike earnings CFO said inventories in North America are up 65%. Costs are way up with inflation. Um, It's just overall ugly. The Nike CFO said transit times are improving, inflation hitting demand. Nike says it's taking decisive action to clear inventory. That's just not good. This is a a mainstay brand. Um, Micron MU, which is uh, another podcast favorite uh, that I liked at 75. This one's up 1%, even though it was a horrible, horrible quarter. Um, It wasn't good. It's got a MACD cross up. Uh, I'll show you on Active Trader Pro. Let's turn this around. Uh, See that MACD cross up right there? Let's get it in focus. Um, I guess I can't. But right there, that MACD cross up. We're on a five minute chart. See how the Bollinger Bands opened up uh, for the open of this stock. Um, we are down on the Dow uh, just 51 points. The NASDAQ is down um, about 19 points, and the SP is down three points. The VIX is up, which means your VIX is going to be up. Uh, I'll take this back. Um, And so you've got just, it's a Friday, guys. If you don't, uh, I would say buy long term, but we're going to get uglier. As the the interest rates go up, bonds will go up, uh, which causes the Fed, because the Fed's raising rates, bonds will go up. As bonds go up, we've seen the inverse where stocks just go down. Um, This is going to continue. Plain and simple, uh, the Meister, who is the uh, Cleveland Fed president, sounded hawkish yesterday on her interview in the morning in on CNBC, and then she doubled down in the afternoon uh, and said, yeah, we haven't even started to fight inflation, So, which means they're going to go to 45 to 5%. That's, it's as simple as that. They're going to go uh, pretty hard at this. So... Um, yeah. God, it, it, 
I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my notes and there's nothing positive. So let me go. One of the things that I wanted to look at was Charles Schwab. Um, this came up last week and Willie wrote to me on Instagram and he said, Hey, can you look at this one? Um, it's got a cross up. Um, and, and it looks like it's, it might be good for, uh, a, a, a kind of entry point. Um, I'm looking at the chart now on the algorithm. So the algorithm makes you 47%, um, on this Charles Schwab S C H W is the symbol. And again, this was last Wednesday. It came up last Wednesday. It had a cross up at 74. It got you out with a 1%, um, loss down to about 72, but yesterday it had a cross up as well. 72.39. The RSI is at 51. So it's in no man's land. It has been trading between this 74 and 72 range since about for almost the entire month of September, Um, pretty much the entire month of September. It's been there. It kind of got to 75 at one point, but for the entire month, it's been in that range. Um, let me pull back a little volume support here to see where we're at. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just got this super, super tight range. I'll kind of show you here. Um, let me flip this camera around. So that is the basically Charles Schwab for September. You can see it goes back to August 22nd. Now look at the volume, the volume it's right in there. It's trading at 71.95, so it's down below where um, the algorithm gets you in at 72.39. I don't know if that's good. It's a Friday. I wouldn't buy it, Willie, but keep an eye on it because I do think that most likely there's a floor here because it's been capitulating so much, and if the market is going to go up in October, then Charles Schwab's going to go up. Uh, Simple as that. I was looking at uh, Goldman Sachs. And we can look at Goldman Sachs here in Finviz. Um, and, and the key for the banks is their book value. It's in the left-hand column. And the book value for Goldman Sachs is 301.88. It's now at 296. We talked about Goldman Sachs a couple months ago, buying it under 300. It went all the way up to 360. So you made your 20%. And that was a good one. If we look at Charles Schwab, uh, SCHW, and we look at their book value. Their book value is seventeen eighty four. Um, yeah, so they're not even close to their book value. Seventy two ninety four is where, where you're at right now. Um, so they're significantly above their book value now. Performance year to date for uh, Charles Schwab is minus thirteen percent. That is significantly beating Spy. Spy is down by twenty percent. Let's see where Spy is. Um, Year-to-date, 13%. Yeah, Uh, SPY is down year-to-date, 23%. So if you look at Charles Schwab, they're greatly beating year-to-date. They've got a 1.12% dividend yield. The 52-week range is between um, 59 and 96. So you're 22% above your 52-week low. You're 24% below your 52-week high. I don't think that we're going to uh, go to uh, the, the back to the 52-week high, but could you make 10, 15% on this? Or could you just hold this as a safety? Again, it's out, out it's beating the, uh, the, the SPY. So essentially, you're, you're beating the market. Um, 
Now, the volatility, uh, it's between 2.6 and 2.68%. If you're looking at that on Finviz, it's to the total right. So it doesn't look like it moves a whole hell of a lot. The algorithm, the average win is 11%, and that's only because there have been a couple of um, 10, 15% moves in this in 1,000 candles. Um, if we go back, we see there's a gap here between 79 and 83 that hasn't been covered. That was on the way down. So I would expect at some point in time you could see it go back there. This is a stock that I personally would not be uh, adverse to holding for an extended period. So if you're looking for something that is a little bit safe, I think this one's a little bit safe. I don't think it's super, super safe, but it's a little bit safe because, again, you don't have a huge amount of volatility on this one. Um, the algorithm does get you in 34% wins and 66% losses. So it's 29 positions over 1,000 candles. Um, but I like that one, Willie. I, I do like that one. Um, let's look at, uh, Tesla. Tesla yesterday got beaten down. So they will release next week their monthly deliveries. And there was a news story that their monthly deliveries will be down. I've kind of said it before. I think that there's a gap here between 247 and 251. I think that's where we're going. I think that's where you're going to cover. I would not buy Tesla today. Uh, I would consider this one to still be going down today. Their earnings are on October 19th. So it, it's it's got some catalysts here in the future. Uh, AI day is, I think it kicks off at like 8 o'clock tonight. It's, it's, it's not anytime soon. Um, and it, it is more a recruiting event for engineers than it is for the public. So it's going to be super, super technical. Um, but uh, he might have some news. He might get asked questions. Remember, this is Tesla doing AI day. So I, I would expect next week to be a better week, but I do think that that gap there between 240, about 247, I want to say, and 254 to be covered. You're down at 263 um, in, in trading today. Um one of my friends uh, is an executive at Microsoft, and she's been asking me a lot about Microsoft. And I said, hey, it's going to get down into those 230s, and that's where it's at right now. Their earnings are coming up on October 25th, so you do have a catalyst in the future. You've got a gap here between 260 and 265 that's not covered. You've got a gap here between 283 and 286. At some point in time, and I don't know if it's two, uh, you know a month from now, I don't know if it's 10 years from now. That's the problem. But at some point in time, that gap will be filled. The problem with Microsoft, if we go to Finviz, the problem with Microsoft is that PE of 24. The PE of the S&P is uh, 16. So it, today, if you're, the assumption is that earnings will come down, which will bring that PE back up above 19, which will allow the stock market to fall even further. That's essentially what we're going to see. But with Microsoft with a PE of 24, they have to continue their growth. Year to date, they are down 30%. Um, they are down 32% off their 52-week high, which absolutely means nothing. They're only 1% above their 52-week low. This is one that could go back to its 52-week low. But God, guys, Microsoft. I mean, think about how many, um, you know, who's got a PC? 
I don't. Um, who's who uses Teams? I don't because I'm not in the workforce. Who uses the Microsoft Suite? Um, I don't because I'm not in the workforce. Who uses the Microsoft Cloud? Anybody who's got a Hotmail account, anybody who's got a um, Office account, probably anybody who's got any kind of business. Small, medium businesses, Microsoft makes sense for that cloud. I know uh, Google has a cloud, but Microsoft makes a little bit better sense for most of the small businesses that I know. So in my mind, I think Microsoft is a buy and hold. I think anything below 240, you load up on this one. Uh, I think you you buy more. It's capitulating here, but that doesn't mean anything. The, the, when the Fed starts raising rates next week, or I'm sorry, in November, this could get worse. And there's there, the Fed presidents are out there doing press right now. They want to beat down inflation. Inflation's going to be hard to beat down. Um, so... Uh, let's look at my notes. Halima Croft was on, and, and let's talk about energy because I want to talk about UCO. Um, UCO's been beaten down. She's on to saying that European infrastructure is just not secure uh, for the winter. Next week's OPEC meeting could see a cut in production, which is you know no news. They could cut by 500,000, which is probably a positive. If they cut by a million barrels a day, that's going to be seen as a negative. December 5th, is the key uh, uh, for uh, uh, for Europe. Um, that's when Russian sanctions from the EU uh, go in. And with Russian sanctions, um, that will trigger a huge price disruption. It will trigger a demand, um, I'm sorry, supply disruption. Demand is where the key is for something like UCO. If demand goes up and supply is down, you're going to see that uh, oil price rise. And we had a UCO uh, cross up here at 2794. It's trading at 2626. Now, I want to say I got caught in something like this. Um, this was back in the pandemic where I saw, um, hey, oil is down at, what was it down at? God, I think it was at, at like $40, $20, somewhere around there. Um, just historic all-time lows. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to buy $30,000, $40,000 worth of UCO. Um, it went down even more to the teens. And there, there there were analysts screaming, it can't go any lower. It can't go any lower. Um, you know, we're seeing uh, they were paying for ships. Uh, it, w- it went negative. And, and essentially when it goes negative, when it went negative, what they had to do was they had to pay ships to store it off the, uh, the coast. So you had this enormous, just flat UCO. It went down. I think I bought it in like the the twenties or thirties, and it went down to about uh, six dollars, or maybe I bought it at five dollars. They did a twenty-five for one reverse split, and when it went negative, that's what's ugly. So I want you to know that that's possible with this uh, particular uh, asset. UCO at twenty-seven ninety-four to me totally makes sense. But again, I even the experts say, um, you know, with price manipulation the way that it is, oil could go down. Demand is where the question, that's where the question is at. It's not supply. Supply is going down. Um, supply is absolutely going to go down. Is Putin, with his annexation of the, um, the, the Ukrainian provinces or states, is he going to try and call a, um, a, a peace deal? He could call a peace deal. And then all of a sudden you got Russian supply back on the market. 
you never know. Uh, Europe doesn't want this. You know, there's a Nord Stream pipeline. Look at uh, look at uh, LNG. We talked about Chenier taking um, cheap American nat gas and selling it over in Europe. Uh, LNG, I said, when it dips under 150, get it. We had a cross up yesterday at 164. It's at 166 right now. If we go to uh, Finviz and look at LNG, um, their forward PE, they don't have a PE. They're making money. Trust me, they're making money. They have a 0.96% dividend, which is special dividends they've announced. It is up 62% year to date. Uh, it's 52-week high is 178. So it's only 6% off its 52-week high. But with Europe and Nord Stream kind of being down, I would completely expect this to hit another 52-week high. The problem is that you're going to see is there, there there might be a cap in Europe as to what they'll pay for natural gas. If that if that is capped, Schneer still makes money, but I wouldn't necessarily expect that uh, that that stock to completely rise. Um, but UCO uh, is another story. I, UCO has that cross up. Uh, SCO has been your play because you've seen the downslide in this one. Uh, it's pretty clear that there's a downslide in this one. So let's take a look at Bank of America. This is an interesting one. Um, and I'm going to go back and I'm going to look and I'm going to take the YouTube camera and show you guys this too. But if you go back to 9192, and what I'm going to do is go to a monthly chart of Bank of America. Um, you don't have a MACD cross-up. I want to make sure the MACD cross-up is coming at some point in time. But right now, Bank of America does not have a, uh, a, a cross-up. Let's take earnings off and let's take dividends off. And what I want you to show you is um, what we saw in the financial crisis. And we saw the bounce back. And it was even in 91 and 92. So I'm going to try and get more, uh, more of a graph here. And we're going to move this down. And I'm going to collapse. Um, I'm going to show you. Let's go back to 91, 92 so you can see it. So here, this is Bank of America. And you're seeing very similar trends. So this is a monthly chart. See, it's monthly. And you're seeing this. That is 1995, 1985. So you go over here to 1990. See that drop down there? You saw that. See that drop down there? That is the financial crisis. This was just kind of the, the, um, the, the falling of the, some of the financials. Um, this is the financial crisis where everybody went out. That's where Warren Buffett bailed them out. But you can see it's clearly going up. You're seeing a downturn here. And, and that was COVID right there. You see COVID is, and I wish I could focus that. That's COVID in 2020. It saw a downturn. You're seeing a similar downturn. And I want to show you because I think banks will lead the charge. And specifically, I think Bank of America is a great option for this one. Um, it's got a MACD cross down. It doesn't cross up just yet. And again, this is a monthly chart. But if I go into the algorithm and I run the algorithm on Bank of America, the algorithm makes you 43% on Bank of America. Buying and holding only makes you 26%. There's a 46% win rate, so it's almost 
your average win is 8.42%. The only reason um, it is up that high and it's going that well is because we've seen a, a tremendous run with the banks in earlier in the year. The Bollinger Bands are super wide right now. They aren't synced up. You saw this huge downturn, and but the, the MACD is about to cross up. Anything under $30, I think, is a great buy for Bank of America. Because, I, again, I think you can hold on to this one for quite a while. I, I don't think that this one's going anywhere. I think it's a good buy. Uh, speaking of good buys and, and <laughs> good buys, uh, Kramer last night, there was a listener that called in about GNRC, generic, like we talked about yesterday with Jackson. And Jackson, I am sorry to put the kibosh on this one, but Kramer said, GNRC was a good buy. He says buy 20 shares and every 20 points down, buy more shares. He said if you want 100 shares, just split it up into five and buy 20 shares. Um, Kramer is kind of the kiss of death. If you don't know that, uh, look at inverse Kramer this year. And it's not that Kramer's bad. It's not that he doesn't know what he's doing. It's that anybody who's had any stock picking this year um, other than bigger movers or short-term trades, he's a long-term trader. And when you when you trade long-term, you you this type of market kills you. It just absolutely kills you. Um, but GNRC, we had a cross-up we talked about at 189. It's trading at 175. I think you buy it at 175. I think with the uh, the hurricane that just happened in Florida, um, you know, it, it it's crazy because they haven't released death death counts yet. Um, I've got some friends down there. Everybody's kind of saying that power's back on, but, um, the, they they don't have any news because, uh, the cable and the, uh, internet is still down. Uh, cell spottage is tricky at best, but, um, yeah. So Kramer says GNRC, but I do think bank of America is a good one. Um, uh, we looked at Microsoft uh, one other one that looks interesting, and Tom brought this up, and I've been meaning to bring it up, but I, I, I'm just not sure if it's a good buy or not, is wheat. It's, a, it's an ETF, W-E-A-T, and it's based on wheat, and this one saw a huge run-up with the invasion of Ukraine, um, and it went all the way up to like 12, 13, somewhere around there. Let's look at uh, the 52-week range, um, because... There is the assumption that, that maybe Vladimir Putin stifles the wheat export from Ukraine again. And it's been on a, on a little run uh, from about $7.89 to about $9. Um, so you've moved quite a bit because this is not a big moving stock. It went all the way up to $13. Um, the 52-week the range is $6.85 to $12.75. So it's almost $13. You're 31% above your 52-week low. You're 29% below your 52-week high. This one could move back to the highs. Now, uh, earlier this year, it was at five, six, $7. So you do have some downside potential here. But I kind of like the setup here because if Vladimir Putin um, kind of screws the pooch and then goes uh, and, and, and kind of restricts wheat, this one could soar because the price of that commodity could soar as well. And I, nobody knows what he's going to do, but it's an interesting one. Um, Tom also brought up LabU. Let's look at LabU. He thinks that this one, it's a um, ETF. It's a directional ETF. It's a bull 
ETF, three timeshares. Uh, the buy-in is at 740 on the algorithm. This one, it loses you 53% on the algorithm versus buying and holding loses you 87%. There is a 33% of chance of a win. The average win, though, is 19%. This one has kind of gone a little crazy. Um, there are several, you can see right here, um, and I'll point this out to everybody on YouTube. I say here because I'm used to doing this. So here, this was a buy on July 21st and a sell on July 26th, 50%. That's the algorithm. The algorithm gets you some crazy, crazy good things. But 50% gain on that one. Um, I like it. Lab you. Uh, again, it's a, a directional bull, so it's going to lose you money over the long term, but it's a good trade. Um, if you can get 740, I kind of like it. I mean, it's right in the middle. I think you play this one for maybe about $8. I think, you know, the last one, it got you out set, uh, 7, 8%, 8% down. Uh, but the, the MACD is, is far enough down. The RSI is at 48. So it's in no, no man's land, but I like it. Another one, remember, Tom is a doctor. Uh, he's 52 years old, just like me. AMLX. Uh, this one has been going nuts. Crazy. And if you look at it, um, I'll show it to the YouTube audience once I set it up. There's a gap down here. Um, between $10 and $11, it's 11, like 20, um, that hasn't been filled, but it's kind of filling this gap up. It, well, it should say there's a gap right below it, just down to $18, but it's trading at 28. Tom says that they have a L ALS drug that is super promising. Now it's a gamble because you don't know what's going to happen. The MACD cross up, uh, it's kind of crossing up again. It's super high. The RSI is at 48, so it is in no man's land. It has had this crazy run-up. The last one um, was a buy May 31st uh, at 862, and you sold out on August 18th for 186%. Your average win on this is 74%. What's crazy is it's 43% wins, 57% losses. Now, if you uh, just bought and held this one for for a uh, thousand candles, it's forty three percent. Using the algorithm, you only make sixteen percent. So while you have great wins, you also have great losses. That's typically what happens. Um, I was going to let me see. I'm just looking at my notes to see if there's anything else I wanted to cover. There's really nothing else. It's Friday. Do not buy. I may go on uh, YouTube Live and trade live though. I'm on YouTube Live right now. It's just on my phone. And sorry about the um, the vertical. I didn't think there was going to be any scans that showed up uh, with MACD cross-ups yesterday because yesterday was so ugly. But there was. Caterpillar, C-A-T, which is a mainstay, which has been beaten beyond belief. Uh, 166.07. Uh, this is an interesting one because I brought this up with... Uh, uh, Generac, the 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 uh, backup generator uh, thing. Uh, I brought this up yesterday with them because it was a a competitor. Their PE is thirteen. Um, their forward PE is eleven. They're down nineteen percent, so they're beating the S and P. They have a two point eight nine percent dividend yield. 
Um, let's turn on uh, dividends and earnings. So let's see. Their earnings are coming up um, October 26th. They don't have a dividend, so they, they um, or I'm sorry, dividend X date has already passed, I should say. I'm going to bring this back to June 8th to try and see. There are significant volume shelves above this. So I think you've hit a, 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 a plateau. Your RSI is at 40. You got a MACD cross up here at 166. It's trading at 167. I don't think this is one that you would mind buying and just holding. Now, if we're going into worldwide recession, you could slip back down. Let's look at a uh, weekly stock to see where we were pre-pandemic. That's becoming more and more important. Pre-pandemic, you were at 140, about 146, 140, between 140 and 146. That could be where you're going. Unfortunately, that that's kind of, um, if you look at a weekly chart, it looks like that may be where we're going. But on a weekly chart, you just pierced the 200-day. I'll, I'll show the folks on YouTube. Um, see that? Now, here's pre-pandemic. That's right pre-pandemic there. Scroll up. But you're capitulating right there. Now, look at that volume shelf right there. That volume shelf right there is at 151. I would say if you if you bought here at 165 or 166, um, the way that the algorithm tells you, I can run the algorithm. The way that the algorithm tells you, if you run this one and you buy it at 166, I would put your stop loss in at probably about 155, just based on that volume shelf, because it's probably going to go down to 150. And you can buy it at 150. If it hits 155, it's going to hit 150. So I think you know th that was an interesting one for me as far as scans go. Um, another one that Warren Buffett loves during, um, well, I should say a category that Warren Buffett loves during recessions is um, insurance and traveler's insurance. TRV, traveler's company, uh, cross up at 154. It's up today. Uh, it's got your typical RSI movement up from about 26, where it was oversold, to 42. Uh, and the cross-up is at 154.68. Travelers is an interesting one. Um, another one that, that had a cross-up, and this is crazy, uh, it was in my portfolio yesterday, but it goes along with our Bank of America thesis and the banks. Um, ARC-F which has just been decimated. This is the financial fintech innovation. 1570, it's at 1548 today. Um, 1570 was the cross up yesterday. It's up 0.72% today. The RSI is at 38. I'd say this is more of a, uh, hey, let, let's see if we can kind of bounce back here to about 17. If that you get that 17, you got your 10%, take your 10% out and be happy. But ARCF was one. Another one that's interesting, and uh, full disclosure, I think I worked for this company, Charter Communications. Um, they've been just destroyed because it's a consumer and, and the consumer's weak and they're losing cable subscribers and there's wireless services that are coming in here. But Charter Communications, they had a cross up here at 312. Um, this is just, I, taught, I think it was a few weeks ago, somebody had asked me, maybe it was Willie, maybe it was someone else, about Comcast. Um, I hated Comcast, couldn't stand Comcast, still can't stand Comcast uh, as an employee. As a company, they just print money. 
I mean, that's essentially what these guys do. Think about it. If Think about your own situation. Who do you pay for internet service? If you pay, I pay AT&T, but I wouldn't put money into AT&T stock. And you know why? Because they seem to always, always give me a deal. I'm paying $50 a month for one gig service. And they sent me a $200 gift card just to renew. Um, and it's a one year, I'm not under contract, so I can, I can disconnect at any time. I'm not going to disconnect at any time, but, uh, not under contract, but it's 50 bucks a month. You know, I can get 50 bucks a month from charter. They are, uh, charter is my cable provider, my home in Atlanta, and it's 50 bucks a month for, I think 300 meg service. I get 50 bucks a month from AT&T for one gig service. And if you know anything about the technology of cable versus, uh, uh, fiber, Fiber's better. Um, essentially, I will tell you kind of the overview is cable is shared. So when you have more neighbors on your service and during peak hours, you are getting less um, less service. Think of a water pipe. If everybody turned on their water all at once, your water pressure might not be as good. Um, and that's what cable is. Uh, the fiber that, that the one gig service that AT&T provides me, everybody would have their own water pipe. Uh, meaning a, a direct source of water. And so you're getting one gig. Now it's, it's shared at some points, but not at any point that's going to, um, to, to degrade it. So you do have on Charter, their earnings coming up on October 22nd, 27th. Um, it's far enough down. Uh, do you run this one back up? Let's look at Charter's uh, PE because I do think that they, uh, let's see, Charter. There we go. CHTR is the symbol, by the way. Their PE is 10, so they trade well below, but they're not growing. They do have mobile service, and if you are a mobile service provide, um, looking for mobile service, uh, I will tell you their mobile service, I think, is $35 a month, which is a great price compared to um, uh, what most people pay on Verizon, what most people pay on AT&T. I went to the AT&T store yesterday with my parents. It was horrible. You can't get a free phone. They, they pronounce that, but it's with a qualified trade-in. You know, you're not getting it. Uh, so, um, Charter, great phone service. I think they're gaining on phone subscribers. But I will tell you, personally, you guys know I live a very cheap lifestyle. Um, I pay $25 a month to Verizon for um, uh, Visible. And the link is in my link tree. Go to my uh, Instagram, go to my Twitter. But it's there. Sign up for it. You get 20 bucks off. I get 20 bucks off. I think it's going to charge you 40 but if you want a party to join, just let me know and I'll, I'll, I'll give you my party to join. And as long as you have more than four people in your party, we don't share anything. There is no sharing of bills. There is no sharing of services. It's just, hey, I know this guy. And it then it goes down from 40 bucks a month to $25 a month ongoing. It's $25 a month, 5G service, unlimited service. It is fantastic. Um, I haven't been limited. I've been in stadiums. And I just haven't been limited. So uh, I don't know how they work it, but it's better. I, so far, I've found it significantly better than U.S. Mobile. Um, and I had a data plan on U.S. Mobile that was not unlimited. I should say that. Their unlimited service on U.S. Mobile, with a, which I think also is 40 or $45, um, I think that's the same as Visible. But if I can join that party and get it down to 25 versus 40, why wouldn't I do that? You have to own your own phone. You can't get phone subsidies. I think they give you $200 back if you sign up and buy a phone, but I didn't want it. 
I just went out and bought my phone. There were too many logistics. Uh, Charter, September 29th. Uh, Wolf Research uh, upgraded the stock from underperform to peer perform. Let's look at Comcast PE. Uh, and they are the two largest cable companies in the U.S. Comcast PE is nine. So Charter's got a higher PE, so it probably has a little bit more to fall. Uh, Comcast is at $30. I think if it goes under $30, I think it's a buy because, it, you know, again, they print money. Uh, they have a 3.55% dividend. So I like it for that dividend. You know, you can you can live with it. Um, let's see, top movers so far today. Those were the only scans. We talked about Tesla. We talked about uh, risk of recession, killing oil prices and oil uh, stocks. I still think energy is your play. We talked about wheat. Um AVCO is another one that that Tom brought up, uh, and this is uh, a um, bio company, I think. Um, Avalon Global Care. Let's see what they do. Let's go into Finviz. I have this one come up. Um, they are not making money. They are down fourteen percent year to date. They don't have any analysts covering them. Uh, Global Care, together with this, is subsidiaries, owns and operates commercial real estate properties in the United States and People's Republic of China. The company offers medical-related consulting services, including research studies. Um, yeah, so it's a research firm. But it's, it's been going kind of nuts lately, um, to be honest. The, the algorithm has you buy in at $0.54. Cents. You're at $0.72 cents right now. Um, and that was just a couple of days ago, September 27th. You have a completely oversold stock. I think there was some type of catalyst. Um, receives allowance for joint U.S. patent. So, yeah, there is a, a finance thing. Um, you can read about this one. Avalon Global Care Corp., a leading developer of innovative cell-based technologies and therapeutics, today provided an update regarding the company's intellectual property portfolio regarding its QTY protein code technology. I got to be a doctor to read this. I'm not going to read all this stuff. But it was brought up by Tom, um, who is a doctor and who read this stuff. And it's at $0.54. Cents. Again, this is for some of you risky folks that want to take it. If you read that and you understand it, buy into it. If you read it and you don't understand it, do not buy this stock. Don't take the risk. Tom's a doctor. He knows this stuff. Uh, but again, don't listen to somebody on the internet. Never listen to somebody on the internet. Do your own research. That's it. I would, I'm would. i going to stay on YouTube, I think, and trade a little while. Um, I'm going up, to update, uh, upload this, so I will be off of YouTube by the time you, uh, you listen to this. But I will talk to you Monday. Be careful. The Dow right now, let's see um, where we're at live. The Dow is down. The NASDAQ is up. I mean, we're just floundering. Even Micron. Micron went up all the way to 51.72 today. Uh, it's day, it's low today it was 49.81. It's at $50.94. I mean, you know, they, they just released earnings. The VIX is down one, uh, 3% to 30. So it looks like the volatility is easing a little bit. Um, AMD, uh, arms, a Sox L, which is the long of the, the, the semiconductors. Um, Sox S is the short of semiconductors. That one's up. Um, all of these are top traded right now. Uh, Carnival Cruise Lines is the top on um, Fidelity. It's down a dollar fifty-five. It's down seventeen percent. God, let's look at this. 
let's look at the, the, you go to Finviz and you type in CCL and you go to Carnival and let's look at some of the news stories. Uh, Carnival Corporation provides third quarter business update. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> uh, set to report earnings. Oh, they, they reported earnings this morning. That's why it's so, they probably reported crappy earnings. Let's see. Were you in this one before in our algorithm beforehand? Uh, this will be interesting. Um, the algorithm had you out with a 0.47% gain on the last trade. 751. What's the PE on this? The PE. Yeah, they're not making money. Forward PE is 11. They're down 54% year to date. And, and part of the reason the cruise lines are down is because during the pandemic, they just released so much stock and they sold so much stock that you couldn't, you had to, uh, it, it devalued and, and just diluted the shareholders so much. But I'm not going on a carnival cruise. I went on a Virgin cruise. I liked Virgin cruise. Virgin was great. I really liked that one. Nike's down to 84. God, uh, Tesla is up 270. Ironically, it was beaten down. Um, I don't see too many big movers. Um, Nvidia is up two dollars uh, to 124. Amazon's up. SPXU, which is the short, is down slightly. Norwegian is down big. NLCH, um, NCLH, I should say. That one I've traded in the past. It's been a good one. Um, why is it bringing up Cisco? Uh, NCLH. Let's look. It is down 11% with Carnival. I mean, it just fell off a cliff when they released earnings. So it, it, some of these stocks are buys. I, I don't particularly think that this these ones are buys. Um, Bank of America. Interesting. Bank of America day range. $30.57 to 3107 kind of went up. Uh, I, again, I think the target on this one is below 30. So I'm going to be done. Um, I will talk to you guys Monday. Have a great weekend. And hopefully next week is better than this week on the market. I don't think it will be. So be careful what you buy today because next week isn't automatically a bounce up. It doesn't work that way. Uh, if the Fed comes out, if something happens over the weekend, we may be even further down. So they're talking about uh, right now you're at 30, 36.28 on the S&P. They're talking about 3,200. So that's a significant 10, 15% down. And remember, uh, here's, here's some math for you. Um, you have to go up further if you fall. So essentially, say the Dow, just for shits and giggles, is at 1,000. If you lose 500 points, that's a 50% loss. But to get back to 1,000, it's a 500% gain, which is a 100% gain. Do the math. So as far as we move down to get back up there, it has to be bigger moves. That's the problem that we have with the 52-week high kind of, hey, it's got to get back there. Well, no, it doesn't have to get back there. It can make some moves, but it doesn't have to get back there. That's why I tell you, buy quality companies that are making earnings with products that you use and you would spend on. Apple is one of those. Um, I, I, there's been a big debate with some, uh, some analysts on Wall Street, and that's why you're seeing Apple being taken down, is because the debate on Wall Street is, 
will people spend money on apps and services um, or even expensive phones if we go into a recession? And is that happening right now? Meaning the iPhone 14, is it slowing down? Apple's down again today, almost a half a percent. Um, if this dips back into the 130s, buy it. I think you, you know, again, I think you do the same thing with uh, that Jim Cramer said with Generac, GNRC. If it, if you want to say you want a hundred shares of Apple, you just want a hundred shares. I think that's fourteen thousand um, dollars. If you want a hundred shares, uh, and you want to buy it all at one forty, buy it all at one forty. But my my sense is in this market, buy um buy twenty shares at one forty. Then if it dips down into 130, buy another 60 shares, um, you know, into the 130s. If it dips down to the 120s, you still got 40 shares left over to purchase. So you can still buy, or I'm sorry, 20 shares left to purchase of that, that total uh, 100 shares. So buy it in lots because you do have it going down. If it starts to go up, you can always buy it when it goes up. Who, who's to say that, you know, it's crazy buying at 140 uh, when it moves to 145 and then buying a few more, you can do whatever you want. But that's kind of the way that, that a lot of this quote-unquote scalping of algorithms works as well. Is they just buy in lots. They, they scalp things on the way up. They scalp things on the way down. You can't time it. You want to buy and hold. That's the way you'll make your money. So, okay, I'm finishing this one. Have a great weekend. Bye. <music>